Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. Alright everyone, so we have a bit of an odd video today. So as you probably noticed, today's video falls on April 1st, and uh, don't worry, I'm not going to prank you guys or upload something that's not even really a video or anything like that. So for April Fool's Day, I asked around, uh, what should I do? I asked a few friends of mine, and one suggestion was uh, to get drunk throughout the entire video and just film it as is, and that sounded really fun, so I'm going to do that. And the second request was the topic, and I was asked to talk about the time that the Slap Chop guy punched a hooker. Not gonna lie, that's something I've kind of wanted to talk about, but it seemed not really a good fit for the channel. But if we're gonna get stupid, then I don't really feel bad for talking about it. So, let's go. This is gonna be fun. Oh, uh, you might want to know what I'm drinking. It's, uh, some shitty... Um, local vodka and uh, mixing it with Coke Zero. Let's go. Let's have fun. Here we have a man that I'm sure a fairly large percentage of my viewers in the US and Canada at least remember from TV infomercials back about 10 years ago. He was all over virtually every network, hawking products that I'm sure most of you still recognize. But let's start at the beginning of this charming lad's life. The man of the hour was born in Beersheba, Beersheba, Israel. It's a place in Israel. A man named Ofer Shlomi. Yeah, that's actually his name. I, I didn't know that either until recently. Now we do. Anyway, he went on to move to the USA and ended up growing up in Sheepshed Bay in Brooklyn in New York City. As a young kid, he saw a lot of those old Crazy Eddie commercials and became fascinated by his showmanship and salesmanship. In fact, he decided that he might just base his entire life around this. Once he was 17 years old, he took the plunge and dropped out of high school, moving to LA. Opting for an image change, he decided to get rid of the Ofer Shlomi name that we've come to know and love over the past one minute and opted for something, quote, less foreign. He kept his first name and made it his last name and started going by Vince Ofer in 1990... and started going by Vince Ofer in 1986. Ah yes, that's the man we cherish in our hearts. So why am I even talking about this guy in particular? Well, just bear with me, it does involve a crime and it does get pretty dark, but let's, let's start at the beginning and move up. Obviously, being out in The Angels, he needed a way to start making money. This is when he ended up finding the Golden Goose, or whatever comes out of it anyway. He developed an early version of the classic Slap Chop product, a food chopper upper. But like a lot of people who end up coming up with these products, he didn't really invent it himself. He actually found them by going around different flea markets and finding some you know, cheap little products that would tickle his fancy. Vince's main skill revolved around giving those products better names, trademarking those names, and then selling them with catchy little commercial salesmanship stuff. Oh, and memorable ads. From the money he got selling Slap Chops, he decided that he would take his shot at making a movie. He was in Los Angeles, after all. 
1996, he came up with a movie that was basically a collection of a bunch of short skits that he dubbed Underground Comedy Movie. He started working on it a bit later in 1997. This is also when he made the not-so-brilliant, super-regrettable choice to join the Church of Scientology. While working on his movie, the Church of Scientology decided that they would quite enjoy bullying the living shit out of him. And according to Vincent Van Shlomi, they began a large-scale smear campaign against both the movie and him personally. He even claimed that the Scientologist's celebrity center in Hollywood would threaten his friends in the business if they didn't write less than flattering reports about Vince and his movie. Then a year later, in 1998, for some reason, Vince decided to go out and sue 20th Century Fox and the directors of There's Something About Mary, saying that about 14 scenes from the movie were directly stolen from his. Spoiler, the case was dismissed a few years later, with Vince gaining you know, virtually nothing, and actually kind of ending up in the negative, having to pay something like $66,000 in attorney's fees. Uh. Gee whiz. Vince wound up having to start selling his lavish goods at the flea markets again to recuperate some cash. He was good at that, luckily, and slowly ended up making enough money to start working on his movie again. He still had a lot of work to do. Man, I, I should drink more times I'm filming. I feel like these lines are coming out so much easier. Like, I, I haven't done any retakes yet, which was kind, kind of part of the point of drinking while doing the video, but moving on. That didn't get our man down, though. He pushed forward. He proceeded. He moved forward in the appropriate direction. What I'm trying to say is he finished the underground comedy movie in 1999. It flopped real bad. It was met with what they call extremely negative reviews. I watched the movie and yeah, it's, it's not very good, but I like his gumption. Gumption or not though, he was completely broke by 2002 and never got to distribute his movie. This is when he dusted off his old gold goose thing, the slap chop, and came across his new sort of creation, the ShamWow. Wow indeed, as they started selling very well at flea markets, getting him enough money to make an infomercial for his flop of a movie. You might think that sounds stupid, and I would have agreed with you, but this actually went somewhere. He bought up some time on Comedy Central from around 2am to 4am to start pimping out his movie. He slapped that trailer all over the... He slapped that movie trailer all over TVs across the US, and at least according to the man himself, ended up selling about 50,000 copies of the movie through direct orders, and got about 50,000 more placed in stores, which were also sold. Probably in those as-seen-on-TV racks, or something. He used the money he got from the sales to start a lawsuit against the Church of Scientology, saying that they conspired to steal the slap chop from him. Oh, and he, he left the church, by the way. It's pro probably a good idea. According to the lawsuit, Vince was raking in more than a million bucks a year by selling the Slap Chop and all the other stuff. That number is probably a little generous, but I think it's safe to say that he was doing alright. The lawsuit was dismissed in 2004 again, though. Uh, nothing really came of it. I mean, you know how it is with Scientology. They've got their tendrils hooked into everything. A couple of years later, in 2006, Vince was hanging out in Germany, touring the factory where the ShamWows were made. He decided to turn the outing into an infomercial. It only cost about 20 grand to make, but critics loved it. 
I guess commercial critics are a thing that exists. I've never really thought about it. He was often compared to cool guy TV pitchmen like Billy Mays, who he was often both paired with and rivaled against in the minds of the people. Our man was a salesman at the end of the day, though, and as a consequence of this, he was often accused of bullshitting or, you know, at least inflating the numbers and maybe even being a scammer. For instance, he claimed that the Sham Wow held 20 times its own weight in liquid. It did not. Flat out lies from bits. He toned down that number to uh, make it a bit more believable, but you know, it was still pretty extraordinary saying that it held 12 times its own liquid. Consumer Reports stepped up to the stage and tested the product themselves. It held about 10 times its own weight, max. Not 20, not 12. It didn't really help that Billy Mays took the opportunity to sell his own version of the product, Zorbies. Upon testing, it was found that the ShamWow was superior to Zorbies, but popular mechanics who tested them added that, if you have reusable cloth rags and a roll of paper towels for backup, then neither product is necessary. Ouch. In December of 2008, Vince finally appeared in the iconic commercial that you all know and probably love for the Slap Chop, of course. And the Grady, but nobody remembers or cares about that one. He, using his condescending salesman persona, advertised the gadget using lines alluding to his testicles. You're gonna love my nuts. Watch this. It was not subtle. It was an instant hit and it played all over the place. But we didn't really mind because it was funny. Vince started making buku bucks. He got cocky, a little too comfortable, and his vices started taking over. Vince Vice. V Vice Vinci. In 2009, while living and working in Miami, he hired some employees to take over when it came to processing the orders. That part of the job was neither interesting nor fun. He thought that, by cutting the crap part of the job out, he'd be able to quote, let loose a little. He was already letting loose a little, so this kind of translates as going completely fucking bonkers. It didn't go well. February 7th, the night of the incident. Vince was hanging out at a Miami Beach nightclub and had been binge drinking for 12 hours straight. He was a little bit far gone by this point. This is when he met a 26-year-old woman, reportedly a prostitute, named Sasha Harris. He offered to take her back to his 750 God damn it. He offered to take her back to his $750 a night room at the Setai Hotel and sleep with him for $1,000, propositioning her for what he called straight sex. Uh, being that situation, I, I don't know why he had to specify it like that, but pff, whatever. Vince took her back to the hotel room. Things quickly got hot and heavy, and they started making out pretty hardcore. This is when Sasha bit his tongue. Hard and refused to let go. Vince was bleeding profusely from his tongue, and needless to say, he started to struggle. He went from struggling, to slapping, to full-on punching the hell out of the woman to get her off. This left her with lacerations and facial fractures. She finally let go. Vince, bleeding heavily from the mouth, ran out into the hotel lobby, where security promptly freaked out and called the police. Vince was able to at least communicate what had happened well enough for the cops to understand, and they went to go grab Miss Harris. She refused to cooperate with them at all. Police noted that both parties absolutely reeked of alcohol, and that getting the situation calmed down was considerably difficult. Both Vince and Sasha were then arrested and taken in. 
Police later released the pictures of Vince, still covered in blood, the hotel room itself, also pretty bloody, and the freshly beaten Sasha. TMZ, as they do, took the pictures and blasted them all over the internet as quickly as they could. Sasha was in the hospital and noticeably had two black eyes and bruises all over. I can't show the pictures in full because apparently black eyes are too much for YouTube and that will get me chewed out again. Seriously, in the Armando Baron video, I got in trouble because I used a mugshot of uh, his girlfriend where she had black eyes. That's just too much, I guess. Moving on, moving on. Vince was eventually hospitalized for his own injuries as well, being treated at the Mount Sinai Medical Center. The one in Miami, not the one from the Bible. While both of them were arrested for felony aggravated battery, the prosecutors eventually decided not to actually file charges against either of them. Vince actually came out and gave his opinion of the incident shortly after, saying, It probably saved his life. Why, you ask? Well, it was a, it was a hell of a wake-up call, for one. Almost getting your tongue bitten off by a prostitute after 12 straight hours of drinking would be enough to turn pretty much anybody off of alcohol, at, at least for a little while. He claimed that fame didn't really change him, money did. Saying that because money can buy you anything, and when you have more money, you want more girls around you. He cut down on all the partying and decided to get back into being more involved with his work. He ended up making some kind of washable lint roller called the Shticky, which is the most shlomy sounding name if you ask me. Oh, and get this, the absolute Chad even joked about his own arrest in the commercial. He also produced another movie called Inappropriate Comedy, which was you know, pretty much the exact same thing as his last movie. This one also sucked. Go ahead, make me gay. Uh, Lindsay Lohan is in it. That's weird. Adrian Brody is in it. People tell me I look like him. The New York, New, New York, the New York Times even called it stunningly awful. But the movie eventually broke even with its budget. I don't know if breaking even is like a really good goalpost, but better than negative. Vince says that he's entirely cut back to only having an occasional glass of wine. He's also got a new product called the Invincible Kitchen Cleaner. Oh god. But at least he designed this one himself. Although he came up with the name first and then built a product around it, so take that as you will. He now intends to get behind the camera more and instead start filming infomercials starring other pitchmen. So I'll say that for years, all I really heard about this case was that yeah, he punched a hooker and he lost everything. But after researching this case, my opinion has changed quite a bit. I mean, I think that punching someone is a lot more understandable when they're trying to bite your tongue off. I mean, I, I can't really think of what else to do in that situation. You can't really ask them to stop. I mean, they probably already know that you want them to stop and have chosen not to. You can't really call for help. I mean, it would be hard to really even freak out since your mouth is kind of on lockdown at the moment. And he didn't really lose everything. He, he didn't really lose anything, really. I don't know, I honestly can't dislike this guy. He's funny. Anyway, let me know your opinion on the case. Once again, this has been your host Kyle. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode. 
Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.